More than a decade after its original release, the Old Republic game and the storytelling that surrounds it remain firm favourites for some Star Wars fans. The first novel to be published in the Old Republic series was 2010's Fatal Alliance, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for listening and and thanks for your patience during this little uh, hiatus over the month of November. Um, Helping me to break my Legends fast after this month away, we have not one but two Star Wars book fans. Uh, First up, my regular partner in crime for this series is the legendary librarian himself, Jesse Gardner. Hiya, Jess. Hiya, Johnny. It's good to be back. I've missed chatting to you about Legends. It has. It is definitely good to be back. I have missed it, too. Fantastic. And we're also joined by, by another voice very familiar to regular listeners to the podcast, although maybe a less frequent visitor to the Legends library. It's Jason from This Dad Reads. Hiya, Jason. Hey, guys. What's up, Johnny? What's up, Jesse? All good, all good. Looking forward to chatting about Fatal Alliance, but let, let's let's give the folks listening a little bit of context for this one. Talking about Fatal Alliance, written by Sean Williams and published on 20th of July, 2010. Williams had by this point uh, written, I believe, the Force Heretic trilogy, uh, which is part of the New Jedi Order series. And he'd also, I guess, proven his video game tie-in chops with the novelization of the Force Unleashed uh, game, the first Force Unleashed game. Uh, in, in terms of timeline, we're finally edging closer to the events of the online game, Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, with this novel taking place in 3,643 BBY in the months leading up to the early events of that game. So, you know, it's kind of been, a, you know, as we've been heading on this trajectory through the Legends timeline, it's kind of been a long time coming. You know, over the last few months, we've been looking at books and comics which bear that The Old Republic tie-in branding. Um, but I've kind of covered several hundred years, actually. Um, so, so it's been a while getting to this point. Uh, so in terms of plot, on, on Coruscant, we meet the Kifar Jedi Padawan, Shigar Konshi. Uh, Kifar, many, many folk will, will know that species as the near-human species that Quinlan Voss belongs to. Um, so we meet Shigar Konshi. He is apprenticed to Grandmaster Satale Shan herself. Uh, we're introduced to another Kifar, uh, ex-Republic Special Forces operative, Laren Moxler. Both of these folks are keen to fight the good fight in Coruscant's lower levels. Uh, and that's where they encounter Dao Striver, a deadly Mandalorian who's on the trail of some information and an item of some value to both the Republic and the Sith Empire. Meanwhile, on Sith capital, Drummond Cass, Sith apprentice, this Elden Axe also has a bone to pick with Striver and receives a mission from her master, Darth Kratos, that puts her onto the trail of her own mother, a master droid maker and Sith rebel who has been on the run for years. We also meet Ula V, a Republic official working in the higher levels of the government administration, but who is secretly a spy for the Sith Empire, though, you know, I think it's fair to say he admires the goals and ideals of the Empire more than the Sith themselves. He's, he's more than a little suspicious of uh, these darksiders. Uh, all of these parties and more are drawn together when a powerful hut, Tassa Breach, acquires and offers to auction off the information and artifact that everybody seems to be looking for. 
there's quite a lot going on there, folks. And this is a chunky book. There, you know, it's maybe it's one of the few Star Wars books. It's probably over four hundred pages long. Um, it's uh, probably a couple of days' work for most people. Um, I, I, trotting along at a good speed. Um, headline thoughts, though, Jess. I, I mean. I know from previous conversations with you that this is probably one of your favorite Old Republic novels. What is it about this one that stands out for you without getting too much into sort of the, we'll talk more about character and plot as we go along, but what stands out for you here? I think this was my first um, non Skywalker family Star Wars book. And so I was on an adventure, like it's a Jedi on a mission adventure. And it was, I think the very first one that I had read. And it's done very, very well. You uh-huh. go from here to there and there to there and there. And it's a it's a bit of a chase. I loved it. And by the, you know, with 400 and so pages, 14 hour, 15 hour audiobook, you get to mm-hmm. know all of these characters. And that that's what I really like. Fantastic. Fantastic. Jason, I, I think you were a bit more muted in your praise of this one in your review for Tatooine Times. Um, what are your headline thoughts on a few months on from that first read through? That I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know how to say that nicely in like a review for a website uh-huh. that I'm happy to help write for. And, you know, I love um, being able to contribute, you know, in that way. But I was like, oh my gosh, I did not like this book. And I guess I can speak more freely on the podcast. And I let me just say that, like, I think there's space for every type of story and, and different fans like different things. So hear me say, this is just my take. And I think yeah. I'm coming at it from a slightly different perspective too. Like um, having read all of Canon and being up with, you know, High Republic, I feel like, and you know, I, I have certain tastes when I pick up a book and read it. And this just wasn't doing it for me. I felt like there was too many characters. I didn't really care what was going on with them. Um, and it just, um, I think at the end of the day, I just didn't really enjoy the way it was written. And so um, I really struggled. I really struggled with this one, guys, if I'm you're being not, totally honest. Yeah. You're not a big action guy, are you? You you, you don't enjoy reading I action can't. very much, do you? I can't. No. And there's a lot of fight scenes that are just yeah. told from different perspectives. And I'm like, I don't I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't like that doesn't do it for me. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. a big descriptive. Yeah. Action I- scene person. As I was thinking about our chat today, I was thinking about previous conversations with you and thinking, oh, and I read your review and reading between the lines, I knew some of the problems you were having pacing wise, but also I, I, I remembered from other chats that, yeah, you don't like the action. You don't like Yeah, the, the excellent and... fights of it all and like describing, mm. you know, the aft and the this and the that, like, I just can't, I, my brain t- turns off, like I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So. Okay, well, let, let's think about this plot because it, it is kind of a classic McGovern driven plot everybody wants to get the thing you know the information this artifact that's up for auction that will hopefully lead them to uh the various things thereafter uh access to this uh resource rich world putting them onto the trail of this sith rebel whatever their angle is on on what's going on here um but it is very action heavy and i guess that's one of the reasons you've struggled jason um and i guess you've really answered my question here to a degree jason you you didn't really enjoy the story that Sean Williams was telling here, but are there any elements that you particularly did like plot-wise? Yeah, and hear me say, I I like action-driven stories. I like mm. a plot line that moves. Like I love 
you know, momentum and like intrigue and if there's action interspersed, but like extended action scenes and sequences just kind of bore me. So let me just say that. Mm. Having said that, I feel like the book started really strong. Like I was intrigued by the kind of introductory portion where it's like, okay, there's like little hints of like, it's a mystery of a story that's starting to get set up. Mm -hmm. And I was really intrigued by that. Like, I'm okay. I don't know who any of these people are, but it seems like there's this ship and there's like a a person who has the same last name. And then there are a lot of characters that I actually really did like, like Elden Axe was really fascinating to me. Um, And I would read a book just all about her. Like Mm. I would, that I loved that. I liked that character was a really interesting um, thing and just kind of the, um, familiar elements that came into it for her um, yeah. was really interesting to me. The humanity, I guess, inside of her was interesting to me. Um, and then, you know, the setup of the, like you said, the MacGuffin of it all was cool. And I, I wanted to know what was going to happen, but then it, it probably about halfway on, I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm following anymore. And I think <laughs> I felt like it just, it, it lost me at a certain point. That, that That's really interesting. I, I, I want to come back to that because I think I know the point at which you probably became unstuck. Um, but I'll come back to that one. I want to check in with Jess okay. first. Jess, um, yeah, you enjoyed this. You, you enjoyed this a lot more. Um, what sort of what what are, the, what are the things that you particularly enjoyed? Honestly, I not to kind of um things that I particularly enjoyed was like the characters and actually the action scenes because I'm blind. I mm-hmm. really appreciate heavily descriptive scenes, and so I can go there. Yeah, and so that that helps me. Yeah immensely um and so yeah i i enjoyed that and that's probably why i enjoyed them because they were really really well described and i'm like okay and this i believe was my first star wars audiobook back in 2010 oh, okay oh that's interesting because i was trying to think why do i love this audiobook why i know it's my first non-skywalker audiobook but um honestly i think it was just when i picked it up I didn't know who anybody was. I didn't know what was going on. And when you've got the big three in a book, you know everyone's making it out of the end safely. When you don't know who the hell anybody <laughs> yeah. is, oh man, the excitement is heavier. And you know, yeah, they, they could die. And you, you know, not every character could make it to the end. And that that kind of excitement definitely interests. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair because I as well, you know, I'm not an expert on the Old Republic game by any means um but the little reading i've done around it most of these characters i don't think factor into that the story of the game so even if you've been sort of if you read this at the time even if you've been following the promotional stuff to do with the game even if you played Mm -hmm. the game a little bit you still wouldn't have a clue who's coming out of this and what their fate is going to be you know um which i think is a strength probably just a deal yeah, Satili, Satali yeah. Shen. Yeah, the the Grandmaster. Grandmaster probably makes it up. She's all over the place in this era. But yeah, I, I didn't follow the minutes. game either, oh, nor was know. I. I didn't read this when it came out, um, and definitely Jesse, I'd have a different take if this was my first non-Star War, non-Star. What am I saying? Sorry, non Skywalker saga story. Star I don't know where I was going. Yeah. I uh, so everyone yeah. comes at books at different times and at different you know points in their journeys, right? And so, yeah. and um, yeah. I think what oh, what was yeah. I going to say? Um, and the fact that it was an audiobook is a totally different experience, right? And I didn't read this as an audiobook either, so that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah. Mark Thompson, I swear, is at his best in this one. Oh, he's great in this. Because I, I, I did read this for the first time earlier this year in physical the physical copy but 
for uh, prepping for this chat, I did re-listen to revisit it and didn't finish it because I just ran out of time. But I, re- I re-listened <laughs> to most of it on audio, and Mark Thompson, as usual, on absolutely top form, just knocks it out of the park. He he's an immense talent, so, so good. Uh, but one of the things that I really liked about this, um, I, I know, and I, 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 you know, I am coming, I am coming into the Old Republic books uh, as someone who doesn't really know the game. And uh, I read them chronologically uh, rather than sort of in release order. And so I did, I have had that quite disjointed experience with the Old Republic as, a, as an era. You know, it, it is a bit more bitty. So if you're if you're very used to the very joined up storytelling of like the High Republic and Canon, for example, this is not the same thing. Um and what I was missing, I think, in books like Raven, books like um Deceived, they didn't which come chronologically earlier, um, they didn't really do a lot of world building around the old republic no. time frame for me. And that's one thing I really enjoyed in this book, actually, I did come out of this with a much better sense of the what the political situation was like in the galaxy, yeah. you know, and, and what's going on with the Empire and what's going on with the Republic and, you know, w- what the state of play is yeah. as they head into the events of this game, you know, uh, and, and I find that interesting and quite satisfying to finally get into some of that world building because yeah. I like that stuff. I appreciate that stuff as a reader. Um, I did like the characters and I did find the plot compelling. Um, and I thought pace wise, it worked for the most part for me that there are so many characters that you kind of, you end one chapter, a POV section on a bit of a cliffhanger. So you're jumping to another character, but you, so you're always kind of happy to come back to the next character. So there kind of is a momentum because you're always keen to see what's next for a character that you've just left off a while back in the middle of, something some serious shit going down <laughs> you know so you are kind of it kind of pulls you through where i do think that kind of hit a wall for me and it's the only section of the book where it kind of happened is this bit in the middle is it where, when they're on down yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've got and you've got this massive multifaceted fight scene at the vault where this artifact is being kept and that you see this thing going on for chapters and chapters and chapters by mm-hmm. e- from everybody's point of view now i re-listen i re-listened to this on audio this week I had, I had a couple of sort of longish car journeys you know sort of 45 minutes there 45 minutes there um this section of the book goes on for an hour and a half to two hours yeah in the audio wow now, that that was listening to the audio at 1.7 speed oh, oh. Okay, you know, so I have, I it does not surprise me at all, Jason, that you kind of find that a bit of a that was a bit of a bit, yeah. And for me, even reading that in hard copy earlier this year, that it it wasn't quite a brick wall, but it was like, oh man, I just want you know, I appreciate what I appreciate Williams's commitment to the POV characters (laughs) and really showing this bat showing this battle from all the points of view, but man, it goes on too long, you know. Uh, and it really just dragged the pace of the whole thing down. After that, I think it goes off great guns again. Mm. You know, uh, when they've got their mission and they're off to the planet Sabadon, um, you know, and the, the, so, so the, 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 they've had the reveal of these um, hex-like droids, and they're kind of cool. Yeah. You know. oh, those are yeah. cool. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff going on, and that mm-hmm. propels you off into that sort of second half slash third third of the book. 
by the time all that's done and dust, you're probably into the sort of the final third, really. Um, but I think that for me, that was the weakness plot wise that the author's commitment to the POV just kind of slowed everything down in that moment. And, and, and what re- and it wasn't, it was not even a climactic scene. It is kind of a skirmish in a vault. Yeah, it's like a, right. it's like a three or, it's like a three or four way firefight, but it's two hours of audiobook time and goodness knows how <laughs> many hours of actual reading time. If you're wading through it, you know? Yeah. That might just have been an issue of editing. You know, maybe no, no one was brave enough. And I don't, I don't know who the editor was at this time. And I don't mean to say anything poorly about the professionals doing, doing the work out there, but mm. I don't know, maybe that was just an editing issue of like, okay, this could be two chapters just broken up by section and just yeah. cut, it, cut it down, cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, I think I enjoyed that section more in hard copy weirdly than I did listening to it again. Um, I just wanted to be going faster and faster and faster. Um, yeah, I, I'm a pretty I, impatient person and yeah. an impatient reader. When stuff doesn't move, and I, it just irks me. So then, yeah. <laughs> but but I guess the one thing that dragged me through all the way through that was the strength of the characters, and I I do really I love the characters, and I, I was invested in all of the characters very very early on. So so let's let's talk about some of them. Mm. Um, you know, there are quite a few POV characters in particular to to talk about. Um, so let, let's just pick some favorites and get through them that way. Um, and, and we'll see what pops out. Jess, um, off the top of your head, uh, have you got a favorite among these point of view characters? Oh, Laren. I, I like uh, non force user thrown into the shit. Yeah. Because we get boots on the ground. It's a lot. It's a definitely a different perspective than we usually get. We're usually looking yeah. at the Jedi doing the right thing, protecting somebody. And it's kind of neat to see something different so yeah yeah particularly in this era right because this era has been very much dominated by Jedi versus jedi yeah yeah like jedi and you just got to and i like the the kifar connection with the jedi oh i just with the padawan shigar yeah yeah so so they're they're from different clans but they're both the same race um and there's a bit of a connection there. And then there's, there's sort of a, a, a bit of a romantic vibe, which then there's a slight sort of, yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of almost like a love triangle with Ula V as well, who takes a bit of a shine to Laren, um, which is an interesting little dynamic because uh, he's this very sort of cynical, manipulating, scheming guy working for the Sith undercover. And he's kind of, he's like a smitten puppy dog yeah, I like when it that. comes to Laren, which, which is quite cute. But I don't want to get into Ula too much right now. La- Laren has this really interesting backstory, doesn't she? She's um, yes. There's an early encounter with some other Republic soldiers who recognize her and call her Toxic Moxler Toxic because Moxler. She, she, was the, she was the whistleblower who got a corrupt senior officer um, drummed out of the army, but then she ended up leaving herself because... You know, she was kind of basically sort of bullied out. Um, but, but she's kind of been sort of fighting the good fight on her own since then um, uh, until she crossed paths with Shigar and, and, so, and sort of gets through all the all the happenings in, in this novel, get, gets her shot to, I guess, rejoin the military and sort of re- regain her commission. Yeah. So she has, an, she has an interesting little story arc there, which is very satisfying. Uh, Jason, what about you? And any favorites? Yeah, I mentioned um, Eldon Axe already. Um, I really mm-hmm. liked, you know, her and her um, master, you know, Darth Kratos. I, yeah. I really like the Sith in the Old Republic. Um, that's probably some of like the most more interesting kind of characterizations and storylines for me and the stuff that I have read in this era. Yeah. It's just so like so uh, much 
uh, well fleshed out and like it's really like deep um and there's it's cool just to seeing the sith like you know at the height of their powers and they're like in the mix it's not like there's two of them you know it's just interesting to me and so i feel like the power dynamics between the two of them the relationship between the two of them and just like i said the kind of humanity element to her where she has like a connection to her mother and like kratos has a hand in that and like what does that mean and uh she has some cool parts to play towards the very end you know with like helping um take down the helping take the the fight at the end and i won't get yeah. into too many spoilers i will also say i really liked jet nebula like i i don't i always like a scoundrelly kind of like smuggler guy i don't know why those guys are just always interesting to me mm. i mean they're kind of like they can be kind of tropey at times but they're yeah. entertaining at least you know yeah i know i i'm usually quite wary of the troopy rogue guy you know <laughs> I, I, I thought of you before we talked we had this conversation <laughs> yeah i kind of I, I do roll my eyes a bit whenever they trot along but, but then to, to, you know to, to give them their due most of the writers do a really good job of making their particular tropish rogue quite interesting actually you know yeah i mean they have to be entertaining to write as much as yeah. they have to read right i mean someone who just kind of like says what they think and just kind of does whatever they want you know <laughs> yeah no i enjoyed jet nebula here he i guess the, he, he sort of qualifies as a pov character because i think the, is he sort of the pov character in that prologue at the in the first chapter he's the pov in the prologue yeah that prologue at the very start the yeah yeah I, th I think as you go through the book proper yeah I think as you go through the book proper, then he he doesn't actually get a POV section. He's usually paired with one or other uh, of the other mm -hmm. POV characters. He seems uh, to hang around, around a Yula. lot. Or Yuli. Ah. Yeah, he and Ula get a lot yeah. of uh, that. That's the uh, I I'd read more of more stories about those two guys. Oh, me too. They had a lovely. Mm. They, they had a really good dynamic actually, didn't mm -hmm. they? Because Jet has this really interesting. We don't. I don't think we ever find out how he knows, but he's on to Ula the moment he meets him. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, you know, he he knows. Oh yeah. He's like, oh, you're a traitor. Yeah, he knows this guy's playing yeah. both sides, right? Yeah. And he keeps dropping these little things. It's because he's playing both sides, too. Yeah. Like, he... Yeah. It takes one to know one. That's why. Yeah. Right. I think Jet is playing everybody. And he's like, you're just doing the same shit that I'm doing. Aha. Uh -huh. Takes a scout. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. T takes one to know yep, one. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, which is really nice. And so, sort of, yeah, Ula's constantly fretting every time Jet drops one of, <laughs> something into yeah. the conversation. Yeah. He's like, how, yeah. does, how does he know? What yeah. does he know? Makes him squirm. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, Ula, let, 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 let's chat Ula while we're there then. Um, I, I think he's possibly my favorite of the POV characters through, through the main book. Um, I, I got tiny vibes from time to time of, and sort of as this kind of a retroactive thing because the character he reminds me of hadn't been written at this point, um, Sinjir Rathvelis from the Aftermath books. Oh, Sinjir. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I can see that. It's been a minute, and I didn't connect the two together, but oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, S Sinjir is like, quite cynical. Kind of a drunk uh, and cynic. He, sadistic, but the, the vibe is there. Yeah, he's more drunk. Yeah, Sinjir's like, more drunk than Ula is. Yeah, here. he's a bit of a sadistic, um, if but, I remember right, too. Sadist. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that is good. The vibe is there. Huh. It, it is kind of there, and someone who's um allegiances you're never entirely sure about what their motivations mm. actually are um but you do actually know they've got a 
underneath it all a heart of gold um <laughs> I, I, yeah i i find him really really compelling as as i alluded to earlier you know you know he, he's he's playing both sides but then he's weirdly this kind of smitten kitten when it comes to laren moxler you know it's this little, weird little chink in his armor um which i kind of find strangely endearing um really really interesting character and i think very very key to keeping a lot of the momentum going in the plot actually there, there are moments when he really has to step forward and uh he's like okay i'm going to go and talk to the sith uh, the sith commander on the field here and i'll be able to bring them into the fold and we can have this alliance and da, 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 da. you know it, it um in, in terms of the plotting it, a lot of work has gone into sort of figuring out what characters sean williams needs and what roles he needs to, them to fulfill at what points it, it's it's quite intricately plotted actually um for, for even though it's a big sprawling book um it, it, there's some really fine clockwork plotting in there which, which i really really like and ula works really really well in that mix um who, who haven't we talked about then in terms of the main pov characters i think we've got them Oh, Shigar caught the yeah. oh dear, the, the the poor overlooked, slightly boring Jedi. Yeah, maybe. Well, he wasn't maybe. Yeah, maybe he was a pretty one note, Padawan Jedi. You know, I can't yeah. do this one thing. Yeah, then... I mean, he does have an interesting. They set him up in, in from in an interesting way at the beginning, don't they? Because we get this sort of flashback scene where. Um, the Jedi Council, despite him being the Grand Master's Padawan and Grand Master putting him forward for the trials, yeah. the Council just say, "No, nah, no, nah, you did everything, ready. but you can't do your Kifar stuff." And that, that yeah. would make me mad too, admittedly, because he was as good as everybody, yeah. but he had one wild talent, and they're like, "No, no wild talent." That would really yeah. make me kind of mad. Yeah, which is kind of what sends him off into the bowels of Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. go bank his yeah yeah but but I, I guess as the story went on like he interested me less i think than the other characters fair to say yeah. well, what what about you guys i had the same honestly mm. by the end i was more interested in the other people yeah i like even i forgot even what he did like i don't even remember what he did in yeah. this book <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess that there is the thing that, as we get into the final act um and you know as the titular fatal alliance kicks in um he is paired in the final mission with darth kratos isn't he and kratos is trying to turn him there is an interesting thing going on in the very end with him and i do remember being intrigued by that as i was reading it yeah mm. and I, I didn't get back to that bit in my re-listen so i wasn't able to revisit that uh, and, and sort of get a get a fresh take on it but i do remember finding that quite effective as it was being set up you know darth kratos was saying well i will take your padawan and you take mine yeah that's um, good stuff. you know i kind of thought oh we're going down that road yeah. he's got to try to turn him and he doesn't want to be turned and then you know, yeah maybe he'll get killed or i think they but... both kind of wanted to be turned the uh, elden and shigar mm. like shigar yeah. had a little bit more rage than normal and elden like the humanity she could have been yeah maybe brought back yeah. to life so you were a little bit worried about the padawans exactly so yeah maybe, was, maybe it would have been better if they just did it like what if yeah, they just honestly, both turned like i feel like that would have been, that been I would have, they would have been more memorable <laughs> yeah if they had taken, that would have been cool yeah i, I mean yeah 
Go, go ahead, Jess. Oh, I, I just that would have been great if they had flipped and just turned the Padawans. You don't get to see a good. Well, yeah, you do. This is Star Wars. You see this quite a bit, actually. So maybe that's why they didn't. I don't know. But that's a big swing, right? Like that's a big plot swing that would be like shocking. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a shock value to it that I think could be worth. I don't know. I I also don't know. Uh, I don't know if where these characters go after this. Maybe this was a setup. I, you True. guys might be able to answer that better than me. No, I don't know where uh, they go after this. No, okay. I I think most of these are one and done. Yeah. Okay. You know. Gotcha. Um, Satali Shan she clearly pops up later on. Yep. Yep. Um, she continues that's on. Literally but... the only one I could tell you with. Or help you with yeah like likewise i will say likewise. in um some of my research went before i was like kind of writing my review after i read the book i i did um find out that um sean williams whether he was tasked with it or he decided to do it he wanted to represent all eight of the play types of characters from the video game all of the yeah. races or species that you can do so i i think that might have been one of those creative things that he just had stuck in his brain that maybe yeah. wasn't like in the long run worth it for just like novel a novel sake um yeah. like a cool idea but like i don't know i felt like some of the characters suffered maybe from trying to keep that uh, bound, yeah. you know i don't know I, I i think that was probably part of the brief from lucasfilm gotcha. publishing you know you know because we, we we saw this as well jess didn't we, yeah, in we one of those tie-in comics uh i think the last one that we talked about thread of peace had all of that though yeah they had all of the factions and it was just cringe not cringe but it was a hot mess wasn't yeah, it yeah because you, you don't they were just yeah. throwing all of the character classes onto the page Ooh. and they, they didn't really know what they wanted the characters to do they just thought oh well we're tying into this video game we've got to have the character classes yeah. represented and the story turned out to be a complete hot mess oh. um <laughs> and not very satisfying as a comic and this i think is much is much more successful this yeah. novel is much more successful at that than... this walks because that other the thing comic. fell. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that's where the troubles begin. I think pacing wise, Jason, that that, that you that you've struggled with because they've just they clearly had to portray or th throw so many different character classes or factions yeah. in, into the mix to sort of as part of the promotional push for the game. You know, we we, we got to make the sure. Sith interest, and we got to make the Mandalorians yeah. interest. We got to make the mercenaries mm -hmm. interest, and we got to make the Jedi right. interesting. Um, and everybody's getting their POV. Right. And, and just... I feel like there was bits and pieces of interesting mm -hmm. things about each character, but it, with so many, um, just that's a big responsibility, right? Like that's a yeah. big ask and a big task. And so I feel like as a whole novel is just, I think that hurts a book in general when you're trying to do that. But I did like Dow Striver. Like there were some cool moments with, should I say it? No, no, don't. Like that's the don't shocking part at the end, right? Dow Striver was awesome. But don't 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 give the final the final shout-out. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, so I thought that yeah. was cool. I think it was meant to be more shocking than I think I interpreted it, but it was cool. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. and I, I again I would do a standalone Dow Striver novel. I would do a standalone Elden Axe novel. Like mm. I, I think there's cool things to do with these characters. Um and again, I maybe I'm just being a little too harsh. Sometimes I get a little, you know. Once I when I I take it personally, right? When I read a book that I don't like, especially yeah. when it's Star Wars, because I love Star Wars. But so I feel like I'm playing a little devil's advocate um, in this episode. So um, apologies, <laughs> but um, I will say towards the end, I do think it was cool um, just seeing everyone come together. Like that was really unique to be like, oh gosh, to take this thing down. Like we have to work together, yeah. and um, that really 
allowed all those kind of varying perspectives and strategies and tactics they had to work together or else like the galaxy was like utterly threatened right so yeah, um yeah obviously it's pretty low odds still if you're this is still kind of a setup book like there was never a time where i'm like oh they're gonna fail right like that's not that's yeah. just never the expectation as you're reading that's certainly something that happens in any star wars book to be honest yeah yeah they don't <laughs> yeah the, the good guys don't fail the bad guys don't win that happens maybe three times that i can think of right Maybe that's why we thought it'd be interesting if the Pad if the Padawan swapped because it's like okay well yeah. let let's let them have yeah. a let them win let let that happen yeah. you know yeah I mean in, in terms of the other sort of non POV characters that I mean we, we we've talked about Jet and Nebula we've talked about Dao's driver a little bit um wh what did we think of Darth Kratos then um either of you creepy very mm. very I like his introduction where. She goes to talk to him in that tomb, and it's all black, and she's talking to him in the tomb, mm. and he just pops up behind her. He's a good yeah. Sith. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really nice writing around him. There's yeah. one moment where she talks about how she could sense that he had her mind in his hand like an egg mm. ready mm -hmm. to crush, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, there's some really interesting turns of phrase around him and just his sith powers just made him really creepy really uh a force to be reckoned with and just just in ways that i hadn't read before which mm -hmm. i find interesting mm -hmm. and you know maybe it's just me or me not being as aware of some of the kind of sith stuff from you know this timeline but the kind of him removing her um mental block on like remembering her past right or whatever that's called mm -hmm. i'm sorry I'm, I'm blanking at what he but he has so much control yeah. over her and it yeah. to a scary degree and like to me that really came across like oh my gosh like he is darkly powerful and has a yeah. powerful hold over his padawan he's literally opening her mind so she can yeah. remember like what happened it, so that i i loved it too i thought it was great yeah uh, and the, the the dynamic that they had you know the, the, there's a scene where maybe i think it's a little later than that where she has to come back to him sort of not quite empty-handed but not with everything she was sent out oh, to yeah. get and you know um he says you know, abase yourself before me and swear mm. your loyalty you know, and mm -hmm. she yeah. is literally strong character as she is she is lying face down on the ground mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this guy she is terrified of this guy right you know right. um and that's really really powerful because you spent yeah. time with her in her head you mm -hmm. know how competent and powerful and self-possessed right. she is and how much agency she agency she has but she knows that she is in his hands that she is at his mercy every moment that she is in his presence, you know, um, which just makes him all the more creepy and powerful and, and, and sinister, really. Um, I, and I guess the polar opposite of that, Satali Shan, the Grand Master of the Jedi Order. How, how did we find her here? Not as memorable as Kratos for me. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> it's I I I, I, I kind of think it's the fate of the Jedi in this, certainly in this time yeah. period. Yeah. The, the Sith get all the cool stuff. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and they are more memorable. When you're bound by duty and honor and life is a little more boring than when you get to go and run with your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Well, it's it's the old chestnut, isn't it? It's how do you make 
yeah, how do you make Superman interesting? You know, yeah, right, yeah, when, yeah. When some, when somebody is good and noble He's all not. the time, it just gets a bit old. Yeah, you know? that's where they're chinks in her armor. Like, if you know her character, she's pretty interesting. I've come through just reading yes. all of the yeah. other material that I've read by now, but no, she doesn't really do too much in this, other than try to convert Elden. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Yeah, but no, no, indeed, she doesn't really. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I'm a little bit down on the Jedi sometimes because of that, you know, it's mm-hmm. how, how, how boring is it to be noble all the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I still I still find this book emotionally satisfying precisely because Shigar doesn't fall to the dark side, precisely because Elden finds a way to defy her master, even, even if she's not sort of turned to the light and becoming a Jedi, she still sort of escapes from yeah. Darth Kratos' grip mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of is off on her own trajectory free of him mm-hmm. at the end you know mm-hmm. so i still do i still find it emotionally satisfying because good sort of wins out you know so i, I guess I, I feel a little bit hypocritical by being a bit down on the jedi um because <laughs> i kind of want I, I wanted it to fall out as it did fall out at the end of this mm-hmm. it was a satisfying ending for me what, what about you guys how, how, how did you find the, the finale or the, the way everything kind of resolves itself quite satisfying i was completely satisfied by the ending and a- Got the ties up. Mm. Like the little bit at the end was really yeah. great between Dao and mm-hmm. Nebula. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. What What about you? Jason? I will say we didn't talk. To, yeah, we didn't talk that much about the kind of um droid things that they're trying to take down. Yeah, I thought those were really cool. Like cool, like creature amalgamation things like yeah um and i to me it seemed like an actual like real threat like it didn't seem like oh that's easy like they were it was intense like yeah and i felt like it was for as much as i said about the odds being relatively low i did feel like it did ramp up kind of that last um you know quarter of the book yeah. in terms of like how are they going to take them down like they see they're a really strong yeah um, you know enemy yeah um for sure. So I, I I liked that, and I really enjoyed the way that it all kind of shook out at the end, um, in terms of in regards to that. And I feel like um, the author did a really good job of describing the way those looked. I really enjoyed. I really got a good picture in my head of like what those things like looked like and how how threatening they were and like how cool and scary and creepy they they were. Yeah, the the, the hexes were interesting actually. I, I didn't know quite what to make of them when they first appeared in that vault scene. Um, you know, that that multi-faceted fight in the right. in the middle of the book. Um, you know, they're these sort of hexagon-shaped droids that then can sort of combine into different shapes mm-hmm. and and sort of keep on fighting, and then and then they they play a massive role in the space battle towards the end, where literally thousands mm-hmm. of them are shot into right. space at the at, at the Republican Sith ships and just take them over, basically like scavenger droids, and then begin rewiring mm-hmm. the ships and taking control. Um, and then it's Dow Striver who has to sit everybody down around the table and says, "No, look, I've done the math." these things are multiplying at such a rate that literally if we don't stop them here today with the handful of ships we've got we will we never stop, stop them. them and within a, and within a generation yep. the galaxy will be overrun you know mm-hmm. and, and suddenly suddenly i think you're right Jason. the stakes don't feel very high until we get to that scene and then you're like you're right oh okay i guess we need to deal with these things now <laughs> i guess they gotta <laughs> deal with them yeah. <laughs> you know um but in the end, I find all of that very, very satisfying. And I guess they, they felt a bit sci-fi, a, mm. a, little more, a bit more sci-fi than science fantasy, but 
just the right side of it, I think, with this kind of they're sort of living as well as droids. There's some sort of Yes. I didn't think of it like that until you just said that. And I think that's why I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's why they were just a little bit more unique to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. For like a Star Wars book. That that was a really good take. I didn't think about that. Cool. Cool. All right. I mean, I think we, we've we sort of covered the guts of it. Um, what about final thoughts then on, on Fatal Alliance? Um, Jason, what, what about you? Are you feeling any warmer to it, having chatted about it yeah. a little bit? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's. I mean, I still wouldn't say I would like recommend this to someone if it's like your first time jumping in. Um, it's not my favorite. It probably never will be. Um, it was a tough read still, um, but I think if you're into, you know, f descriptive fight scenes and um, maybe just, uh, I don't know. It's not, it wasn't for me, but check it out. <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't read it ever again, so I don't know what to say. That, that's how I'll end it. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Final thoughts? Honestly, I, I would say if you like, let's say, the Jedi, the, the Sith, a mm -hmm. good action you know yeah. a good intrigue and and you're going to spend some time with these people this is a this is a big book so yeah. you're going to get okay. to know them by the end hell yes read this book it is fabulous i i loved this book actually i when i came to it it was straight away my favorite of the old republic books that i'd read up till that point um, I, I had, I've had issues with both Revan and Deceived and I've had some, a mixed experience, Jess, as we've talked about with some of the comics chronologically up to that point. Um, but I, I, I thought this was a hugely successful novel given the sort of slightly unwieldy brief it was probably given to try to sort mm. of put onto the page all these different character classes and sort of factions from the game. Um, I did find the pacing worked really well. I, I, was, I was always drawn from one cliffhanger to the next, to the next, to the next, always happy to get back to a POV character who I hadn't seen for a couple of chapters or whatever. And that just did grind to a halt a little bit for me in the middle around that big unwieldy multifaceted fight scene. <laughs> yeah. um, but then it rocketed off again towards the finale, which I found really, really satisfying. Um, I, I did find it, I think having then gone on to read the next book that we'll talk, the next novel we'll talk about in Legends Library in a few, in, possibly in the new year, um, which is Annihilation, that kind of, that outshines Fiddle Alliance a little for me. But that, that, that's not to say that I, I don't appreciate what Sean Williams achieved here. Um, I think with, with that rather unwieldy brief. It's a big, chunky book. It's not going to be for everybody because of the number of POV characters and because of some of those pacing issues. But if you're willing to push through that, I think there's definite rewards to be had for sure. All right. Well, I think we probably talked talked that one um, talked enough about that one for, for now. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's just let the folks listening know where they can find us if we don't mind being found online jason what about you yes you can find me on online anywhere this dad reads is my handle on all socials that's the name of my podcast it's the name of my website and i'm all about spreading you know positive star wars vibes so this chat aside guys i'm always going to speak my honest <laughs> opinion all of my stuff out there is positive and welcoming yeah. anyone can join the conversation i just want to say that so thanks to guys for thank you guys for having me to chat fatal alliance today 
Oh, great to chat to you, Jason. And Jess, where can folk find you? Uh, if you want to find me, you can usually find me on Instagram. My handle is at Legends Twin Son 1980. Pretty, you know, pretty much always find me. Yeah. And uh, you can find me as, as usual uh, on Instagram and occasionally on threads as at journals of the wills that's journals with an s wills with an h and of course you can reach out to all of the podcast team on all the usual social media channels and there you're looking for at swbc podcast um so this is legends library back uh, f- for the foreseeable future we'll have a few more episodes dropping throughout december uh, as we continue to get through the stories connected to the old republic massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Um, Keep subscribed to the podcast feed. We've got a lot more Canon catch-up dropping in the weeks ahead as well. Uh, And of course, don't forget to to download the holiday quiz, uh, which should be coming Christmas week, fingers crossed, into your podcast feeds. So um, you uh, you, you can test your own star wars book trivia against some of the best in the online fan community there uh, and see how you fare over the holiday period um <laughs> in the meantime though folks um all that remains is to say goodbye so it is a goodbye from jason goodbye thanks guys and a goodbye from jesse goodbye may the force be with you and it's a goodbye from me thanks for listening folks and we'll catch you next time on the star wars book community podcast 